Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast God's Holy Word. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 71, and today we're going to take a look at a couple different things. The first thing we're going to talk about is cults and the dangers of cults. And then we will finish up the podcast with talking about Exodus chapter 15, also known as the Song of Moses and of Israel. So, let's talk about cults here for a moment. So, I was looking up different cults in the United States and I just thought, wow, I did not know there were so many. So, technically there are a little over 10,000 cults in the United States. Most of them are very small. A lot of them we never hear about them. We don't know their names typically until like something really bad happens, like you know, maybe someone married a child or they killed somebody or they quarantined themselves in a commune and they won't allow their people to leave. So, here's the thing. Most cults do not want any form of media attention whatsoever because they don't want people to know what they are actually doing. So those are the worst of the worst, really, the ones that are very secret, very hidden. The ones that I'm going to talk about briefly today are the ones that I personally know about and that I have met or been or have been involved in, excuse me, in times past, and it's one of those things that it's very disappointing whenever you're raised in a cult and then it's very disappointing when you convert to one. So in terms of my journey, um I was raised Ratha God Church of Christ. So it is very much a cult in the way that they treat women, just their ideology is very strange. It's like how dare you question them, which is one of the basically one of the the um I would say symptoms or one of the social cues that hey, you're in a cult. And I read an article. I wasn't com- completely impressed with it, but it had six tips to know Uh, when you are in a cult and some of the tips were if you are in a cult and your leader can do no wrong and basically how dare you question them and the people that are very loyal to that leader like they will not believe anything bad about their leader so there's like an inner circle well that kind of reminds me of the catholic church you know where you have the pope and then you have the archbishops and the bishops and you have the cardinals so if you think about it The pope is not elected by the people. He he's voted into power by his buddies, which are cardinals, I think archbishops and bishops. Well, I'm trying to think who gets the vote. I think it's cardinals and archbishops. So basically they just vote for each other and so those are the ones that they don't question really anything that the pope does. Like he can do no wrong. Well, that's very similar to a lot of cults that we've had here in the United States, but cults are not only here in the United States. Um there have been some cults in Australia as well as in Europe. I'm sure cults have been almost everywhere on the planet. The only ones that again that we tend to hear about are those that tend to be really bad. You know, what's interesting is that in regards to the Catholic Church, no one ever questions them like this. But if you look at um how the Catholic Church operates, you know, so basically we're supposed to believe that you know whoever is elected pope well he's the only one that is our shepherd well that's not really true because Jesus Christ is our shepherd it's not one person that is here on this earth you know our shepherd is Jesus Christ so very interesting with the catholic church there because what they do is they they have this brainwashing ability to to brainwash you into thinking that you know the pope is the one true shepherd which that is not true. 
And if you question any of the priests, oh, you're the problem. You're you're a bad parishioner. You are a bad layperson. And you know what's interesting is that the actions of priests very much should have been questioned and very much a long time ago. I think that if proper investigations had gone on and had been conducted, I should say, then I don't think the Catholic Church or or, or not not the Catholic Church, but I don't think as many children would have been sexually violated by pedophiles or homosexual pedophiles that became priests. So needless to say, that is very cult-like because there is a sexual exploitation especially of children. That happens a lot in cults. A lot. Like that's a very common trend. One thing that's very common in cults is they control people um financially, psychologically, emotionally and sometimes sexually and that's also how they abuse them. They abuse people psychologically, financially, emotionally and sometimes sexually. Now, in the Catholic Church, you know, it's very rare. It does happen that women get sexually violated, but it's very rare because typically these sexual violations occur against little boys because most of the time the perpetrator is a homosexual man that became a priest which if you think about if you really want to have a good leader in your church then you would not have a homosexual be your priest or your pastor or or a preacher because they have a sexual deviant nature to them and that's not right but the catholic church would not address that See that is one of the behaviors of a cult where they do not call bad people out on what they do or what they did. But instead they cover it up and they make excuses and they don't really care to change. You know, one example of this and I'm not going to go into explicit details because it's very grotesque, but Ireland experienced so many horrible things at the hands of its priests. It was awful. It was shocking, it was creepy, it was grotesque. And you know what? I understand now why Ireland is not as religious as it used to be. It's not as Christian as it used to be. It's definitely not as Catholic as it used to be because of all these bad priests and these things that happened. And so it's one of those things, you know, whatever you tolerate is what you allow to contaminate. So, you know, what's interesting is that Churches of Christ, especially these Wrath of God ones, they're very similar to Catholicism. But yet, what's interesting is that Churches of Christ cannot stand Catholics, and Catholics typically do not like Churches of Christ. I don't think Catholics hate Churches of Christ, but I just think they 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 don't hate them, but they don't like them. And you know, what's interesting? Another trait of cults is that. they have this kind of doomsday or this um so-called this premonition of knowing who's going to hell and who isn't which is dumb which that means that they are trying to practice a form of divinity which is a form or a characteristic of acting like a cult well in churches of christ you know the one i was raised in very wrath of god it said that everybody is going to hell except for them but especially mormons and catholics Well, I always thought that was odd as a child because you know, I went to public school. I knew kids from different walks of life and they went to different churches and I thought, you know, these people can't possibly, not all of them can possibly be going to hell. The bullies, I'm pretty sure at that time they were going to hell if they died. But um because they were horrible people and so were their parents, but you know, I just thought it's not possible that only people that are church of Christ are going to heaven because some of the meanest most hateful most horrible people I have met 
were from Church of Christ because of how they treated women and children. It was horrible. And also our church did not really um I think they were anti-black. I think they were racist a lot. Like we did not let me put it this way. We did not have any black members at our church. And whenever a African American family visited because I thought, "Hey, we might want to call this church home." They only attended one time and that was it. Like we didn't have blacks, we didn't have Vietnamese, you had to be white. And I remember as a little girl, I thought that was odd. Cuz I thought, well, everybody is created in the image of God. So why is it that only certain people are going to heaven, but it's not based on what God says? It's you know these people are trying to base it on whatever their leader says. Well, that's a cult. So needless to say, you know I was raised Church of Christ, but I never considered myself to be a Church of Christ member, never, because I knew I wanted to leave. Like the moment I was 16, I wanted to leave. I was not allowed to leave. I was allowed to go to a different Church of Christ, and it was still hell. I hated it. And um so then when I turned 18 I was like I am out of here because I knew that I was an adult and there's separation of church and state and I'm a citizen of the United States and I can go to whatever church I want. The one thing, well there were many things I couldn't stand as a child, but one of the things I did not like was that I didn't have any rights especially on where I could go to church. I had to go where my parents said I had to go. And I just thought you've got to be kidding me. And I would complain about it because I was like, I don't like this. I was like, Do you know what they are teaching in our Sunday school classes? And you know, what's interesting is that as a teenager, I was one of the few people in our youth group that said, Hey, this is brainwashing. This isn't right. Oh man, I can't tell you how many situations in classes I got kicked out of in my church that I was raised in, because they didn't want to hear, first of all, what a woman thinks. They did not want to hear anyone speak that had a difference of opinion or that was questioning the status quo. Well, that's a cult. You know, what's interesting is that people that are practicing the right form of Christianity, like like they are doing things God's way, they don't get offended at questions. They just answer the question. And if they don't know the answer, then they say, "Hey, let's go to the Bible and see what God says about this." That's a great question. I don't know the answer. Let's look it up. I think it's great to learn together. That's what good people do. Bad people kick you out of the room and or try and kick you out of the church. Now, let's talk about as an adult. So, when I was in my mid-20s, I stupidly and foolishly converted to Catholicism, which is a cult. Again, you have one person that's in charge of everything. You have the elite group that just elects each other. And then they can they they control or at least try to control how people think, act and speak in church and outside of church. So basically it's like you have no free will of your own to a certain extent. But yet they love money. I can't tell you how many times We had these priests come to our parish because one of the parishes I attended was very wealthy, or at least it was seen to be very wealthy. We had a few rich people that went to our parish, but not everybody that went there was rich. In fact, most people were middle class or lower income bracket. 
But because we had some rich people that went there, there were these priests that would visit us from all over the world, particularly from Haiti and Africa. And so they would come to our parish to ask for money and I hated it. Because it's like, okay, we are not your personal piggy bank. Your country sucks. Just acknowledge it. Go back to your country and help your country become wealthy. Because just asking for more money is not going to help you with the situation that's actually going on in your country, which typically is a financial disaster, a economic disaster, and sometimes they have a lot of disease. It's like, well, here's the thing. Why would I want to pour my money down a rat hole? That probably sounds harsh, but it's the truth. Like if these priests actually wanted to help their their parishioners back home, they would help the economy get better. You know, they would try and practice freedom, but a lot of these priests that came to the United States They were not coming from countries that practiced democracy or capitalism. It's like, well, you know, the solution to your problem is not the rich people that we have at our parish because we are not your personal piggy bank. The solution to your problem is freedom in Jesus Christ. That's your freedom and that is the solution to your problem because a lot of these countries that are corrupt they don't really believe in god and they don't worship god in the appropriate way and they have a lot of fraud especially in africa they have a whole lot of fraud over there it's like well you know if you really want to have a you know a better economy then you need to help your parishioners get back on their feet otherwise You know, we're just going to continue to pour our money down a rat hole, but things are not really going to get better because these priests from these other countries, they had no desire to actually address the root problem, which sometimes was their evil leaders in the country, like the government. But you know what was really sad was some of these priests that came over here and were asking for money um, from our wealthy parishes. Sometimes they just had a scowl on their face and they were so negative and I'm thinking why would I give you anything? See, they want our money, but yet they hate us because of what we have. It's like, well, if you want what we have, then you need to be a democracy and you need to have capitalism. But if you don't have a democracy and you don't have capitalism, your parishes will always have the same problems that you're having now and they will continue to get worse because you don't have true freedom. See, corruption is very rampant in these countries that do not have Christianity. And also if they do not have democracy, they have a whole lot of fraud and corruption, like far above and beyond what we have here in the United States. Is the United States perfect? No, but we are way better off than the majority of the planet. And there's a reason for that. It's because we have democracy and we have capitalism. You know, another thing that bugged me about these priests that would, excuse me, <coughs> my throat is dry. Let me get a drink of water. These priests that would come visit, it's like they would complain about not having a lot of money. And my thought was, well, why don't you get a job? Why don't you get a better job? Why don't you be a priest and have a full-time job? 
And then that full-time job, the, the money that you make there, you, you can just give it to your parish. Do they do that? No, they don't. So it's like, okay, um, I'm not going to fund a project that is failing. I'm just not. And that offended some people, I'm sure. But it's just like, man, like, we need to be wise investors of what God has given us. And if someone's a sourpuss like that, I'm not going to invest in that. I'm not going to invest in a sourpuss project. That's not smart. We need to be smart with our money, not dumb. And it's like, why would I want to do business with someone that's negative? So needless to say, you know, cults very much love to financially brainwash people because they love to get their hands on their money. And that's what it felt like in the Catholic Church because, like, they would send us stuff in the mail saying, hey, it's that time of year again where people, you know, write out a new will. Please think about us. I'm like, really? You're going to ask me to, for, for you to be in my will? Are you kidding me? I don't even think so. I mean, just disturbing things like that. They want complete control over people's assets. It's bizarre. And I'm just thinking, whoa, pump the brake. That's very much like a cult. Because, you know, you know what's interesting is that, you know, God blesses us, but it's to bless other people. The way the Catholic Church looks at it is, well, you're not supposed to have money because money's evil, but yet we want what you have. That is mind control and manipulation, and it's rooted in greed. That's a cult. I doubt anyone wants to call it like that, but that's what it is. Unfortunately, that's what it is. So please be aware of those two cults. Again, Churches of Christ and the Catholic Church, total opposites, but they very much act very similar, which is really sad. Because they both like to play God. It's really creepy how they like to play God. I'm going, well, you know, I only worship one God, and his name is not Church of Christ, and it's not Catholicism. But anyway, let's go ahead and take a look at the Song of Moses and of Israel. And this is from chapter 15 in the book of Exodus. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. And we're just going to go over a couple verses because I don't want to go too far past 20 minutes here. So let's take a look at this. It says, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord, singing, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. What I love about this is that it says that Moses and the Israelites sang a song to the Lord. The first thing that came to mind when I read that was, what are we singing at church? Because one thing that always bugged me about going to Church of Christ and slowly over time bothered me, at, you know, being Catholic, was some of the songs we sang were negative It was like, oh, I'm just a worm. I'm lower than the dust. I don't deserve to be blessed. Like, that is directly against what God says to do in his holy word. God wants to bless us. So I think it's very important to know, okay, 
What are we actually singing when we are worshiping God? Do you think God wants to hear these Debbie Downer songs? Oh, I'm just a worm. Oh, I should be poor or I'm just a poor old sinner. No, you're not. Suck it up. You know, I think there are so many songs that give God a headache. Cuz you know, if they're giving me a headache, I can only imagine what God thinks about them. You know, whenever I'm singing, well, let me put it this way. Whatever we say or sing, we need to mean it. And everything we say, sing or speak, it needs to reflect the goodness of God. Because the only individual that wants us to doubt God and to think we are not worthy is our enemy, the devil. So we should not be doing anything that separates us from God. And sometimes these very negative, sourpuss kind of songs in churches, they are great at getting us to doubt that we are favored or that we are valuable. You know, it's very interesting is that the devil knows the word of God and he hates the word of God. And the reason why the devil hates the word of God is because he knows there is hope and freedom in God's holy word. So if the devil can deter us or distract us from the goodness of God, then he knows that over time we will slowly start to doubt the goodness of God and we will not think that we are worthy of anything. Like I remember in the Catholic Church it was it was common for people to say oh I'm not worthy I'm not worthy and I would just sit there and be like then why are you here You know if you're not worthy why do you want a better job Like if you don't think you're worthy to make 75k a year then why don't you just always give it all away Oh well I want a house oh well, I thought you just said you're not worthy See what I mean You can't say you're not worthy but yet expect to have a house, a car, and all these nice things and be able to take a vacation because if you truly believe or at least speak that you're not worthy in your false humility speech, then you shouldn't be making the kind of money to be able to afford that lifestyle. And here's the thing, I am all for people having a house, a car, a wonderful lifestyle. I wish everybody was a millionaire or a billionaire. Why? Because that's the blessing of God. That's the blessing of Abraham because we are supposed to be rich. Poverty is a curse. It's not a blessing. But if all you ever speak is doubt, fear, and cursing and you think that poverty, you know, is a blessing and that's a great vow to take, wow. That is incredibly stupid because taking a vow of poverty goes directly against God's holy word. Because if you're if you're poor, then how can you sing triumphantly and gloriously to God? Like if you're poor, then then how can you feel blessed? If you can't afford food, water and shelter, you know, does that reflect you know being blessed no it doesn't being poor you know reflects instability meaning you're not stable in your finances like there's something going on that says hey i can't afford the basic necessities or let's put it another way you know you can afford basic necessities but you cannot afford anything outside of basic necessities 
That's not a very good life. And just because you want something more than just the basic necessities, that doesn't mean that you love money. It means you desire a better and more fulfilled life, but that better and more fulfilled life comes from God. But if you truly believe that God does not want you to be financially blessed, then you are believing a lie from the devil and that will curse you and not bless you. That's why it's very important to to recognize, hey, what songs are we singing at church? And how you know how do I feel when I'm leaving the building? All I knew is every time I went to church, not by choice when I was a kid, to Church of Christ, you know, I may have walked in standing tall, I walked out thinking, what in the world? I mean, it just didn't make my day go very well. Then when I converted to Catholicism, I would walk in feeling kind of okay because there was never a, a positive message hardly ever, but I would walk out feeling lower than dirt. And that went on year after year after year and finally you know God said basically enough you're going to a different church wake up my daughter i love you you deserve so much more than this because this is not what i want for you i don't want you to feel bad about yourself i love you let's go to a better place That's why it is so important to to realize and to pay attention to what are we speaking and singing. Because whatever comes out of our mouth reflects what is in our heart. And I kid you not, you know for a while I had a Catholic hymn book at home and I would just go through the songs and read them and things like that and sometimes I would sing because I love to sing. And then, you know, the more that I was questioning what I had converted to the more I was looking at the songs that I was reading and singing I was like wait a second that verse doesn't line up with the promises of God so then I'd be like well okay I just won't sing that verse then it's like wait a second what does the refrain say so you know the more I grew in my faith and the closer I drew you know the closer I got to God the more I recognized I'm not reading and singing the right things. It may be what the organization wants me to say and do, but it's not what God wants me to do. So I made a promise to God, I want everything I speak and especially sing at church, I want to reflect your goodness and your love for me and for mankind. So that is one of the big reasons why I switched churches because I just thought, you know, I don't care to be brainwashed. And I felt like a fool for being brainwashed, you know, as an adult. You know, as a kid, I kind of felt like I was smarter as a child because I was like I'm not doing that. I'm forced to go, but I don't believe it. I questioned everything, but sometimes as adults, we don't question things. We go with the flow. We we go along with stuff. Well, that's not what we are called to do. When we are believers in Christ Jesus and we let our light shine, that means we're different from the world. And when you're different from the world, that means you don't go along with what the world says. Especially if you are practicing a false religion.
You know, let me close with this. When you are practicing a false religion, the moment you wake up to the fact that you have been practicing something that you should have never been practicing, you will feel robbed. You will feel like part of your life has been stolen from you. Because guess what? That is exactly what happened. Because that is the single goal and intent of the enemy. He's a thief. But here's the good news. Whatever the devil steals from you, God will give you back 7 to 100 fold. He will repay you for what the devil did to you. That is the love of our heavenly Father. He knows the hell that we've gone through and that we're going through. This is why it is so important to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because it's yea though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil. Here's the thing, it doesn't say to pitch a tent in the valley of death. It doesn't say, you know, just set up shop and don't move any forward or don't move forward at all. You have to walk through the valley of death. And see, here's the thing. When you're walking through the valley of death, that means you are alive and well because you're leaving the past behind you. That is exactly what the Israelites are singing about here in the song of Moses and of Israel. They're singing about all the things that God did to the Egyptians and how the Israelites were freed from the evil grip of Pharaoh and they are only looking forward, they are not looking back. That is what you and I are supposed to do in our faith in our faith journey with Jesus Christ. Excuse my language or excuse my accent. Sometimes it comes out when I'm speaking because I'm from Oklahoma. So, needless to say, it's very important that we walk with Christ, not with theology. We need to believe in Christ, not in indoctrination. You know what's interesting is that God did not invent religion. Mankind did that. All God did was create us in his image and said, "Believe in me." It was the human race that made up all these different religions. Some of them really bad, some of them really good. So I strongly suggest that you go to a church that encourages you to grow and to be happy in your life. No shaming, no blaming. That doesn't mean that you don't ever be held accountable for mess-ups and stuff, but here's the thing. You need to go to a church that actually believes that you are blessed and that God is good. I look at it this way. My Debbie Downer days are over. I'm not going back to anything that is negative. Never, never, never. I drew a line in the sand and I meant it. Especially when I rededicated my life to Christ. I'm not accepting anything less than God's best. Because I know for a fact that God loves me, he cherishes me, and he doesn't like his people being in a cult. In fact, cults 
are a false religion that teach false indoctrination and technically they are a form of paganism. We are not called to worship anything or anybody else, only God. Because there is freedom in our worship to our heavenly Father. If you worship anything else outside of our heavenly Father, you are not free, you are enslaved. And the reason for that is because freedom only comes from God. I mean, look at the two examples that I give. And I give these examples frequently because it's basically, I guess, my testimony and, you know, the life that I've had thus far. But, you know, being raised Church of Christ was hell. Being Catholic was hell. And I never felt like I was free. It always felt like I was entrapped. And I was spiritually tormented in both, the, both of those denominations. One I hated, and one I had to learn to acknowledge the doubts that I have and recognize that, hey, something's not right. And if something's not right, I need to leave. You know, whenever I put God first, everything else falls into place. That's why I have the rule I will not accept anything less than God's best. It's just not going to happen. Because every time I have accepted or partaken in anything that is less than God's best, I have always been miserable and I always felt cheated because that is exactly what happens when you live outside the goodness of God. Because whatever you tolerate is what you allow to contaminate. It's more important that we believe with all of our heart as opposed to just following the footsteps of a false indoctrination. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of the lies. I want the truth. Because it is the truth of Jesus Christ that sets us free. I will go ahead and end this podcast, but as usual, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye and God bless.
words I speak So it's only left to ask It's changed to quite a task From the smallest depths Waves transform the earth Don't let this world go down 